Previously on the Black and Blue Report. Well, we're ready to go. We're ready to take the show into the next gear here, and uh, we do that on Thursdays with the voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson. To me, it's all coming down to can the Saints stop the run against these guys, and in the absence, perhaps, of Drew Brees, or at least a a less than 100% Drew Brees, how well can the Saints run the football against these guys? Well, let's learn more about the Carolina Panthers this morning, and no one knows more about the Carolina Panthers, and no one... No one can add Southern charm to an analogy like the voice of the Panthers himself, Mick Mixon. It's going to feel like Auburn, Alabama. It's going to feel like North Carolina, South Carolina. It's going to feel like a rival game. It's going to feel like Frazier, Ali. Now, from Studio B or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. Come on in. It's the Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hi, everyone. Welcome in. I'm Daniel Salerson filling in for Sean Kelly, and I say filling in. Sean did most of the heavy-duty lifting yesterday, interviewing uh, two guys that will be on the show today, so I'm more the moderator today. And um, actually, I was sitting in my office getting ready for the show, and Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com walked by, and he was like, Daniel, i got to get on this show. I have to get on this show. People need to hear me. So I was like, all right, Jim. And uh, joining me now in Studio B is Jim Eichenhofer. Happy Friday to you, my friend. Happy Friday to you. Once again, your uh, take on reality is is far from from what actually happened, but but uh, nonetheless. That's exactly how it happened, don't lie. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I bring in Jim because I was thinking this morning um, as I'm getting ready for media day that we are here. For Monday is media day, the season officially underway, and four teams today start their media day. So the NBA season is here, and... For those who hang out with us on a daily basis, which is probably none of you <laughs> listening here, is our lives are gone from now until, <laughs> I want to say, hopefully May and June. So um, yeah. I'm going to say goodbye right now, but uh, I want to talk to Jim about some stuff from the NBA and the Pelicans. We have a good show for you today. Uh, Sean Kelly will talk with Chris Myers. He will be calling the game for the NFL on Fox. Uh, his crew involves Rondé Barber and our very own Jen Hale. They had the game last week between the Bucks and the Saints. So we thought we'd have Chris Myers on the preview Panthers and Saints as uh, the Saints head to Carolina tomorrow to get ready for the Panthers on Sunday, a 2-0 Panthers team. And then Sean Kelly interviewed assistant coach Darren Ehrman. Um, so that should be a good one as we're again approaching uh, the Pelican season next week. And then we'll wrap things up, get you ready for Monday's media day, and uh, hopefully we'll be re- recapping a Saints win on Sunday. So, uh, Jim? You were at um, an event last night. Alvin Gentry spoke at one. What was the event and um, maybe some of the highlights? Because there were some things that Gentry said that kind of stuck out as far as some injuries with uh, Drew Holiday and Quincy Pondexter. Yeah, it was an event with the three-point club of New Orleans, which is really a new um, group of of supporters of the team and fans and season ticket holders. And I I know they're doing a lot of – charity work and stuff like that, which is really cool to see. But basically he um, spoke to probably about maybe 100, 150 people um, at the Chateau Country Club in uh, Kenner. And he, you know, usually with speeches like that, you you do, you kind of gloss over different things. You might talk about some kind of uh, just general topics, but um, you don't really expect – anything too groundbreaking at mm-hmm. at, at a, at a um, gathering like that. But he actually talked about, and, you know, we're just getting to know Coach Gentry really from the, the last few months and just to see the way he the way he um, c- carries himself and some of the things that he does. But it was interesting that he, he really did delve into a, a lot of different topics that were, you know, pretty notable. 
Um, he said that uh, Drew Holiday. It sounds like he's going to be under. A, he's going to be playing a 15 minute restriction from now until January. So that'll be something that he has to to figure out as far as how they're going to actually dole that out. Is it going to be you know seven eight minutes per half or you know that's something that they're going to have to figure out. And also he said that uh, that Quincy Pondexter is not going to be available to the team until November. So. It sounds like Quincy's going to have a, a pretty restricted uh, training camp and um, just as a result of the, the surgery that he had in May, right after the season. Now, the Quincy Pondexter situation kind of reminds me a little bit about Eric Gordon's situation. You can agree or disagree or not, but Eric Gordon avoided surgery last season on his shoulder in order to keep playing and ended up playing through it and just did a lot of rehab. Now, according to Gentry last night, you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but he mentioned that Pondexter missed a few MRIs last year because he wanted to play. Because if he went to those MRIs, the doctor would have said he would have been out for the season. So two guys last year skipping on surgery to, to finish the season. Am I yeah, correct? Yeah, you're right. Um, that was basically the way that Gentry described it last night was um, that Quincy had a couple um, tests scheduled, and he missed them. I'm not sure if he came up with an excuse or just said, oh, I couldn't couldn't be there or whatever but um the way that uh gentry explained it was that quincy in they didn't they obviously didn't know this at the time but in hindsight quincy knew that if he had gone into those tests he probably wasn't going to like what the test said and he he didn't want to um have to sit out the rest of the season or miss the playoff run or you know at i think at the at that point they still were it was still up in the air whether they would even get in the playoffs so he ended up not doing that until after the season was over, ended up having to have um, pretty significant surgery. Um, but to his credit, he, just like Eric Gordon, what was best for himself from a purely selfish standpoint was probably go in, get the tests, you know, deal with the fact that it's news that you don't want to have to confront, but it's reality. But instead, he, for the team, and to, to be able to kind of help accomplish what they were shooting for, he uh, didn't didn't have those tests, ended up playing through it. I can't imagine how much pain he was in mm -hmm. um, during the end of the season. And then in the playoffs, he had to guard Steph Curry. Yeah. So on a, on a bad knee, but um, you know, that was, that was really an, an interesting um, story that, that coach Gentry told last night. And uh, apparently he, Quincy was fined because the team didn't know why he was, um, he was fined a couple times. They didn't know why he kept missing the MRIs, but in hindsight, I mean, I thought that was really a, uh, a credit to Quincy that the the kind of um, mentality that he has and Gordon and Pondexter played huge roles in getting this Pelicans team into the playoffs and Gordon had a very good playoffs um, for the Pelicans so um, yeah very interesting stuff from Alvin Gentry there um, let's talk a little bit about training camp coming up uh, Monday is media day then the team leaves for the Greenbrier then training camp will start on Tuesday we'll go till Friday travel to Indy play the Pacers on October 3rd so we're almost here um, some storylines going in the training camp. I know 18 guys on the roster, 13 of them locked in for this season, I believe. That means mm -hmm. five of them battling for potentially two spots. You don't have to take have 15 players on the roster spot. They could. But um, talk about some of these players that are coming into camp that uh, you might see on the Pelicans roster on opening night. Um, among, the, among the invite guys, I think the one that I'm probably the most – well, there's two guys I think I'm the most familiar with. Chris Douglas Roberts has had some good um, stretches in his career as a as an NBA player. He was on the uh, Charlotte Bobcats playoff team of two years ago, right before they changed it back over to the Hornets. 
um, and was had a role on that team. Um, Jeff Adrian's been um, kind of, I would say, like a 10th or 11th man on a few different teams. He's had some really good moments, too. I remember when he played for Milwaukee a couple years ago when they had a really uh, rough season. He was one of the guys that the Bucks, uh people around the Bucks really were impressed with him. Of He's just one of those bruiser, hard worker guys, blue-collar, rebounder, interior guy. Um, Bryce DeJohn Jones was impressive during summer league. I, I think he has a lot of upside, and he's one of those guys that uh, management has here has said that they thought he would get drafted, and he didn't, so... Um, I think he he definitely could be uh, could be a, a good player um, if he can stick in the NBA. I think he has the ability maybe to to be one of those like three and D guys, and he's a, a really good athlete. Um, the other couple guys I don't know a lot about. I know that people um, in New Zealand I'm sure are excited about Corey Webster mm-hmm. that he's getting a chance to uh, to play, and um, Sean Kilpatrick is described by uh, the basketball ops here. I think as a really steady guy a kind of a solid player who doesn't really jump off the page but at the end of the game he ends up with um good numbers and is really productive so um i think um it's it's a really um interesting group of of guys and a couple of them have like i said have have been semi uh, proven in the nba yeah so lots to keep an eye on of course make sure you follow pelicans.com and jim eichenhofer um, throughout training camp next week, Sean Kelly and David Wesley will be there as well for the web team. So full coverage after every practice, and then we'll get ready for next Saturday's game. Won't be on TV anywhere, but of course, the Pelicans Radio Network will have all seven preseason games. So it'll be tough to kind of, for us, at least grasp how this team's doing based on just listening to Sean's call. But at least Jim will be there, be able to watch this team and kind of give us um, a fresh idea on how this team is looking. And Jim, do you want to stick around for another segment? Sure, I'll be happy to. All right, we're going to bring back Jim in segment four of the show. We're going to give you the interviews next. Uh, so we'll have Sean with Chris Myers from the NFL on Fox next to preview Saints-Panthers. Then we'll b- talk uh, Pelicans with Darren Ehrman. Sean had that interview with him from yesterday. So we'll talk Pelicans in segment three. Then we'll bring Jim back in segment four, wrap things up, get you set for the weekend. And uh, next week, busy weekend for the Pelicans and Saints. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Ever been surprised by a bill? A big bill that's higher than expected? Entergy's online tools let you take control. Try level billing so there are no surprises. Pick a due date that works for you. And sign up for alerts to remind you when your bill is due. Make your bills fit your budget. Don't wait another month. Take action today at EntergyIdeas.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. The Pelican schedule has just been released and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the ever popular weekend plan, allow you to take in a couple of games a month throughout the season for as low as $199. Don't miss your chance to see NBA All-Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, and more. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP and score your seats today. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit in a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to firm up for summer or last longer in the gym, make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. If you're looking to purify your diet, hurry in and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. 
Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. We continue here on this uh, Friday. We're getting ready to wrap up the week, and we're certainly excited about seeing the Saints and the Panthers renew their divisional rivalry this weekend. And we'll have a familiar voice calling it on television. And for the second week in a row uh, with the NFL on Fox, it'll be Chris Myers and Rondé Barber and, and Jen Hale, of course. And we welcome in Chris Myers, who's been with us before. And certainly for the first time this fall, we're excited to have you, Chris. Thanks for doing this for us. Oh, my pleasure. It's good to be on with you again. I wish it was, uh, at least from the Saints' standpoint, under better circumstances. But uh, you play on. It's it's uh, it's early. Uh, and as you know, it's a week-to-week lead. So um, we'll see what this week brings. And I think for you and, and for us as uh, as viewers, it's great having the same guy do uh, back-to-back games. Uh, I think that breeds a lot of familiarity, don't you? Yeah, well, and, and the fact that, you know, Rondé Barber, who played for so many years in the division and has, has seen the Panthers and the Bucks as a player, is lined up against trying to cover the guys that Drew Brees is throwing to or that Cam Newton has tried to tackle him. So it gives us a little bit more uh, insight, you know, to, to a broadcast. And then we did the Panthers week one when they beat Jacksonville. And then, of course, the Saints last week at home when we were even, even Rondé Barber, the former Buccaneer, was shocked at the result just from the sense that a rookie quarterback going into, into New Orleans, even if the Saints are playing their best football, you still expect them to kind of uh, snap out. So uh, the, the fact that the Saints are 0-2 and Carolina's 2-0, and uh, given Carolina had Keekley knocked out week one and they, they lost Calvin Benjamin prior to the season, it's maybe not what we expected when we first looked at this matchup. Go back to last weekend's game, Chris. And I know the Saints would say that they would have loved to have played better. And I think the Buccaneers are saying, wow, we, we didn't expect maybe some of this improvement. But just from the body of work from both teams, that's about as crazy as a football game as you're going to see, wasn't it? Yeah, between the turnovers, and it's funny, the, the things that we, that Sean had talked to us about Friday in New Orleans when Rondé and I were there and watched practice, and Breeze looked terrific, and the game plan, and uh, he, you know, Sean brought up two things. He said, hey, we got to be careful, Lovey Smith's team. You know, teams, they always force the takeaway. They're going for the football. That's something, you know, you got to work at, you got to be aware of. And obviously that, that kind of fit the Saints. They, the players didn't handle that part of it very well. And the other thing that Sean brought up was, hey, I, he said historically, and he went back and researched where teams lose by a 20-plus margin by giving up more than 40 one week. The very next week, they win or play some of the best football. I mean, no matter who the team has been over the last, you know, he went back, I think, 10 or 15 years and gave us some numbers. And that's what happened at the Buccaneers. They, you know, gave up 40 at home, were blown out by uh, Tennessee and Marcus Mariota, and then they, they come in and play uh, much better football, especially their defense. I mean, that the pressure they put on Breeze, the kind of game plan they had defensively. Uh, so anyway, Sean had, you know, he had the right things there. It's just that the team just didn't respond to those. And then, of course, the, the help of Drew Brees. But yet the Saints were still in that game with a chance to win it late, uh, despite all of the awkwardness of it. And I say that because there were challenges, there were there were penalties a lot on both teams. In fact, the trend through the first two weeks, Sean, is, I mean, we're at a record number of penalties across the league. And, and also challenges as well. Uh, usually that eases up a little bit after teams settle in and officials, but hey, it's at an alarming rate across the board. And I, I did, I think it hurt, you know, it hurt the Saints in that game at some key spots and the Buccaneers as well. Yeah, and the Panthers had I think double-digit penalties called on them in week yep. two as well, and that kind of sets up this week. You know, Chris, at the moment of our conversation, you're full into your preparation for the telecast on Sunday. Um, obviously, it's probably a little nerve-wracking because. 
The Saints quarterback situation is still up in the air. Uh, Luke Keekley's situation is still up in the air. So do you wring your hands a little bit, or does it make you more excited about maybe an uncertain storyline going into the football game? Yeah, well, you certainly want the, the best players you know, as a broadcaster. You always root for a competitive game, and you want the, you want the, the star players to be out there because it's just more fun for the fans and, and for us to call the game. But uh, what, I, what I think it does do is uh, for the audience waiting and anticipating, you'll hear – We'll talk to the coaches and the players, but as we get closer to the game, you know, we'll at least have when we get ready to kick off uh, the, the storyline of is Keekley back, is Breeze continuing, and then why or why not, and then who steps in and how do they play, and so, uh, so yeah, it changes the preparation a little bit. I, I do think it makes it more, you know, intriguing or exciting or uncertain, which is. You do all this preparation and just like, and then you get to the game and you never know how it's going to play out, but you hope you're as prepared as possible. Chris Myers with us from the NFL on Fox and MLB too. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But uh, Chris, obviously, from the aside from the the major points that you just brought up, as you've gotten yourself ready for this podcast, has there anything is has there been anything else that's kind of jumped out at you, or that there's an underlying current either to these two teams and how they've gone about each other, or about where we are in time? Well, but just to the preparation part, I, I think the Saints are clearly going through some kind, and it's not just Jimmy Graham not being there, but or some kind of transformation, adjustment, whatever it is. Uh, the defense, you can see it there as well. I, I know with, with Bird and, and, and Keenan still out in that secondary, uh, this is a chance for Cam Newton, who's talked about trying to get his completion percentage up to a 65 and 70 percent level. I think he has one of the lowest in the league, even though they're two and zero, and he's run the ball well. And then Drew Brees, of course, is always in that high percentage area. So this is a chance, maybe with limited receivers, and that's been the knock on Carolina that they don't have any game-breaking receivers. Uh, that that he can try to get healthy in the passing game against the Saints secondary. I saw the Saints pass rush come out a little bit in that second half uh, last week. Yeah, they're going to have to play a different kind of game. Uh, you know, Winston ran for a touchdown, but he's not primarily a runner. Uh, and this is something Cam Newton leads all quarterbacks in the NFL in rushing attempts as well as yards. It's the attempts I find interesting. And he's, you know, he's your kind of guy at six five and two fifty. He could take the hits. You know, he he can. He's smart enough about it now. But he also it's not it's not a little quarterback like a Russell Wilson, uh, where the impact wears on him through the course of the game. So these are things that I that I think will will play out aside from the the, the injury factors that we talked about. How how the Saints respond to that. One more football question for you, Chris. Your crew is NFC South heavy early on this season. Um, what's your take on the division as a whole? Is it better? Is it improved from what was pretty disastrous last year? Well, I, I think the division gets a it's a bad rap, and, and uh, you know, probably if you, if you don't have a winning record or your division winner doesn't have a record, you maybe deserve it. But the Panthers did win a playoff game last year, and and they did win back to back. They're the first, you know, first for them to do that in the NFC South, and I, I thought going into the year that it was, a, it was a little more wide open because I thought Atlanta and Tampa would both be improved, and they had to be in different areas, and I think they are. The Saints may be, at the moment, it looks like they've taken a step back, but anytime you have Peyton and Breeze and they're healthy mentally and physically, uh, I think they're back in the game. Remember the Saints two years ago were in the playoffs and won a playoff game, and then, of course, last year, 7-9, and nine, they still were in, in it. So uh, I, the Panthers are still the team to beat, probably because they have the best uh, defense in the division, and even though Cam Newton isn't your ideal quarterback passer in today's league, He's been doing enough, and they've used him wisely enough in terms of run pass or threatening a defense. 
that I think he can he can be a difference maker. And, but but certainly, uh, as I said about Ryan and Dan Quinn in Atlanta changing the defense there, Winston with Lovey Smith an extra year to get his defense right in Tampa, it's going to be a battle. But I I, I think the division itself is probably only going to have one team in the, represented in the playoffs, and, and that's the, but the, that team is going to have to beat the other teams in the division to win the division. Yeah, all very good points there. Chris, if you don't mind, since I love baseball, um, let me lean on your responsibilities with MLB and, of course, whip around. Um, we're almost to that magical postseason time for baseball. Uh, who do you like going into this thing? Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up baseball. I'm glad you're, I remember my days <laughs> in New Orleans, of course, didn't have uh, – at that time we didn't even have a, a true affiliate, but I, there were a lot of Cub fans. I remember going to a lot of bars where Cub fans were hanging out watching Cubs baseball. So the fact that the Cubs – uh, are going to be in this postseason. Uh, the three best records, as we're talking at baseball right now, are in that central with the Cardinals, the Pirates, and, and the Cubs. And what a year with the Mets uh, upstaging the Nationals to get in and, and the Dodgers in the West. I mean, nothing's official in some of these, but they're in position with the regular season winding down a week from Sunday. So uh, I think the Nationals have some terrific you know, matchups with, with the Mets, the outstanding pitching. The Cardinals are just so deep and well-rounded. It seems like they're, they're all Always there. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Mets, Dodgers, NLCS, and the American League. Still, some things to be decided. But the Blue Jays, you know, they're they're, they're on a roll. I didn't think they had enough pitching. They went out and got Price. That helps. But is their bullpen uh, strong enough? I think the Blue Jays, who might get home field uh, before in the American League, I think they can beat Kansas City. I I, I think Toronto might be able to, and then whoever else uh, gets it. I don't know from the West or the Wild Cards. The Yankees just—it's amazing that they've even hung in there with some of the injuries they've had to their pitching and some of the young people like like Bird and, and Severino that they've gone with. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of what you're looking at. The Blue Jays, uh, they could stumble because they don't have the great pitching, but that offense is some of the best we've seen in a while. Yeah, it is crazy. That's outstanding stuff. Chris Myers, you're a dual threat with us today, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Always good to be out with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, and uh, if you don't mind, we'll still call you our own here in New Orleans if you're okay with that. Oh, absolutely! Absolutely, yeah. you know, I was I was my wife's UNO products, Ben Franklin High School. So uh, we still have family. We're married on, on St. Charles at the Loyola Chapel. So at the place, I have some of, some of the best friends uh, for life uh, in the in the city. So it's always good when I get back there, as it was uh, last week. I'm sure I'll see some of them on the road here in uh, in Charlotte. You got it, and it's always a treat. Thanks again. Have a great call this weekend, Chris. All right, thank you. You bet. From the NFL on Fox, Chris Myers with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Power outages turn your world upside down. 
You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy Text Alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Welcome back. We continue on this Friday with one of the, the new faces around the Pelicans, a practice facility, and, uh, of course, a part of Alvin Gentry's new staff, and that's new assistant Darren Ehrman. And I'm, I'm pleased to kind of get to know him here before training camp starts because I'll probably spend uh, as many days with Darren as I will with my own wife and kids here shortly as training camp uh, starts up after this weekend. Can you believe it is finally here? I uh, can't believe it, but very excited. Uh, the players are excited and the coaching staff's excited, so we're looking forward to it. Darren, I can't help but notice the vibe of this building. It's, it's, it is a special kind of vibe, one that I haven't felt maybe since the 07-08 season when Chris Paul and David West and Tyson Chandler had that core together. Um, so I'm reminded of good times, and I hope it carries over, and, and I'm sure you're noticing it too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like Coach Gentry, I mean, th- these players are really excited to play for him. He brings a lot of enthusiasm and this pace and style. They're really excited to play for him. And uh, it's carrying over. I mean, they, they bought into everything we've asked them to do, getting ready for the season, and it's, it's exciting, really exciting. Let's get to know you a little bit. Well, let's start with even maybe a phone call that happened um, earlier this summer as a part of maybe would you move to New Orleans. Take me through that process and how that news kind of greeted you. Uh, yeah, the Coach Gentry called and uh, Dell called. They had asked Danny uh, permission. And it seemed like the Celtics. Celtics, yeah, yeah. Danny Ainge, and it just seemed like an unbelievable opportunity to go work with uh, the New Orleans Pelicans and with Anthony Davis and have opportunity to be there as his, uh, the team's moving up. And uh, it was too good of an opportunity to pass up to go come here and coach Gentry second so run the defense and have that opportunity. And then the opportunities in this league are hard to get. And when you get one, you got to take advantage of it and uh, to have it. And with, with a special player like Anthony and the players around him that are really good too. We have a lot of really good players. It was just too good to pass up. I was excited to come here, and it's been great so far. Yeah, I'm curious to have you dig deeper there because you've been a part of a couple different NBA cultures, a couple different organizations. So I think you probably had figured out what you like and what you don't like. And certainly being with a storied franchise like Boston, it would take something unique. Um, obviously, you mentioned Anthony Davis and Alvin Gentry, but was there more to it? Was there some underlying factor that said, uh, I'm willing to take a little bit of a leap of faith here? Yeah, I mean, uh, Boston is a great organization. Yeah. I mean, great ownership, great front office, great coach. I mean, Brad Stevens is unbelievable. And they have, I mean, Boston's a good young team, too. They have a lot of assets and a lot of uh, picks coming up, and they'll be really good. But it's just an opportunity to uh, do more and also to co- coach a superstar like Anthony Davis. So, I mean, players, franchise players don't come along very often if you get a chance to coach them. And I've been lucky to coach guys like that. I mean, throughout my year, my coaching career, I've been really lucky just like, the Paul Pierce's, the Kevin Garnett's, the Rondo's, Ray Allen's. You go to, you know, Golden State, Steph and Clay, and you know Andrew Bogut, David, David Lee, Draymond. There's a lot of good players there. Harrison Barnes, Andre Iguodala. So I've been lucky to coach a lot of good players and a couple of franchise players too. Anthony Davis uh, certainly would probably make any defensive specialist uh, salivate a little bit. For you though, um, when did you become kind of a defensive guy? When did that become a specialty that you've been able to wrap your arms around? 
That was kind of funny because my co- when I was assistant in college, I did a lot of offensive stuff. I did mostly offense, and then I went with the Celtics. I mean, uh, became really close with Tibbs, Tom Thibodeau, and uh, been one of my best friends. And I just learned a lot from him. Paid attention to him. Could call and ask him questions. And uh, you know, I told him yesterday. I think I've just about passed you up, anyways. I don't have any more questions for you. No, I, didn't. I did say that, but I was kidding. Uh, how did he take that? With a giggle, I hope. He told me that the only way I could ever pass him up is when uh, he's dead. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Um, well, maybe uh, that, might, that might be happening sooner or later if you don't get in shape. No, I didn't say that. That sounds like Tom a little bit. There's no doubt. You know, it's interesting with the, with a game that has the history that basketball does, and you think about all the great minds that have coached, sometimes it's hard for me to say what's new, you know, or what's recycled. But how do – how do guys in your position keep it fresh or try to find that next great idea with regard to defending the current state of the league? Well, yeah, you know, uh, the game's constantly changing, so you just got to keep watching a lot of film. I mean, there's not – I mean, watching film, like uh, we were talking about yesterday, this hard work and immersing yourself in it and studying the game, and then you can see, like, maybe this team does this, and that might be a good idea to incorporate it, but only you're not going to incorporate the whole scheme, but just within your scheme, maybe make a few changes. But watching films is just the best way to learn how to adapt to what offenses are doing. Now offenses are doing this, so this is how within the system we can defend this. But you have a system, a base system, and but it constantly changes. Like even like six or seven, when we won the championship in Boston in 2008, we were more of a show team. And, uh, but now most teams don't show in pick and roll, which is a certain type of coverage. Now teams are icing more so than showing and uh, you know you explain that some fans may not know the difference between the two maybe you should explain the difference yeah, between the two I think I'll explain ah, like showing would be like when the guy comes off the pick and roll the big would like hedge out and like you know uh, be go away from the basket and make the guard reroute himself mm-hmm. away from the basket but now you're spreading your whole defense out it's kind of the theory but if you are the bigs dropping back now, like uh, normal, now people keep the big back more, keep them closer to the basket, and now you don't have like the Omir Asiks or guys like the Andrew Bogits or Bigs who are seven feet, two hundred and seventy-five pounds, showing or be- being a thirty feet from the basket, and then have to sprint back to the basket. Now they can be below the screen, be seven like seventeen feet from the basket, and just keep dropping. It's much easier on them, and it keeps the defense condensed and it shrinks uh, shrinks the floor, makes the uh, court smaller for the offense, which was what you want. But that's changed in the last seven or eight years. And, right. You know, and, yeah. uh, and uh, so you gotta be some, you got to be able to adapt as the game changes. Do guards then, and now we're going to get into a really deep conversation, yeah, do guards then, is it harder for them to then be able to stop the ball, or what does their help come from if the big is, is now sliding back and not showing or hedging as much as they used to? I, I think it's easier for the guard yeah. to stop the ball because now the big is stopped. When the, when the guard, offensive guard comes off the pick and roll and sees that big there, it slows them down. So I think it's easier for the guard to get back in front eventually. And guards are so good in this game right now. I mean, you, point guards across the league, even guys who were like Jared Jack was a backup last year for Brooklyn, and he's a uh, really good point guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, backups are really good in this league. Darren Collison, I mean, you go through it, you got the point guard position is the hardest position to, to defend on a night-in, night-out basis. Norris Cole here. I mean, yeah, it, you know, yeah, I last year. Yeah. Um, I can tell already we're going to have some great conversations throughout the season. Go back to the basics, though. You know, you said you, we have, we're going to have a system that will be adaptable to the opponent. Are there cornerstones or are there pillars to the defensive system you're installing here? Like if, if this is principle one and two and three, what, what would it look like? 
Yeah, I mean, you have like I, I think the key of it all is just keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the guy in the ball has a couple of responsibilities and uh, he has to do those every single time. The big has a couple of responsibilities he, do, he does every single time. And if they're on the same page, you'll be good. And if there's confusion, you try to do too much, you won't be good. I think keeping everyone on the same page and eliminating confusion is the, the best way to uh, defend. Because if a guy's thinking, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do there? And then, oh, and this guy, what am I supposed to do? This causes confusion. You're not reacting at a game speed that you have to. So if the guard knows I'm going to do this almost every single time, the big knows I'm going to do this almost every single time, and they develop trust with each other and keep it simple and they know what they're going to do, uh, we'll be good. And then, and then they, they bought in. They really uh, think they like it a lot. Yeah. We've done, uh, you know, we watched some film with a couple guys, and or almost all the guys. Coaches watch offense, and we watch some defense. And, I mean, they really bought in. They like it. They keep telling me that. I've interviewed a number of them here as we get ready for camp, and, and they all bring that up. They love that aspect. You know, with the per personnel on this team, from a defensive standpoint, what do you like about this group? Um, what were their strengths to be here at least early on? Uh, I, I like the f physicality of our guards. I mean, they're pretty good, like Tyreek, Eric, uh, Drew, Norris. They're pretty good at getting into the ball. Uh, they're physical. we got size and length. You know, Quincy, Dante. And going back to Tyreek, you know, he has size and length. Drew has size and length. I mean, those guards were, are the they're the front of the defense. they got to be the guys who pick up the ball first. But they're, that size and length is good. And then behind them, you got size and length with Anthony, Omir, uh, Alexei. Alexa, uh, we, with him, and then also with Perk. I mean, we got size, length, a lot of positions. Guys who are versatile, like Dante, can play a few positions. Quincy can, Eric can, Tyree can, Drew can. I mean, with all that versatility, uh, Anthony. I mean, we have we have a chance to be good. I mean, this is you know health and everything coming together and stuff. But uh, you know that versatile versatility. We should be, we have a chance to be pretty good defensively. Darren, have you had a welcome to New Orleans moment yet? There's got to be something that kind of just. Either said, I used to call it, when I first moved here, I used to call it Planet New Orleans. It was its own planet. Um, and then I jumped in with both feet and I fell in love with the place. Have you, have you had yourself a, a welcome to New Orleans moment yet? You know, um, when I saw a, a Saints tailgate, all those tailgating, and I see people with open, open containers drinking. <laughs> I mean, that's just, uh, you don't really see that any other place. It's like, oh, welcome to New Orleans. But it's great. I mean, the, the vibe of this city and their love for sports, football, basketball, I mean, college baseball with LSU and college football with LSU, but the Saints and Pelicans has been great. I mean, this, uh, this city really loves their sports, and hopefully they'll, you know, they'll, they'll love the Pelicans this year. I think they will. I think they already do. It's great having you, um, and I can't wait to see how you guys get it started next week. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it, Sean. Darren Ehrman with us. Of course, I guess we'll call you the defensive coordinator. Is that fair? Can we do that? Can we use a football term here in the Deep South? Or is there uh, a title that would, would, would better suit you? You can call me whatever you want as long as you call me. That's fine. I don't care. Whatever you want. I mean, uh, defense, whatever. Just uh, Coach Ehrman? Yeah, Coach Ehrman. Darren, I don't <laughs> care. I'm not picky. As long as I'm employed and still working, that's all that matters. <laughs> Perfect. That's a great way to talk to the Pelicans here on a Friday. Again, camp starts on Monday, media day in the morning. The team then flies to West Virginia in the afternoon, and it is on. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All Star Electric. 
Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. All right, here we go. About to wrap things up from Studio B, Jim Eichenhofer has agreed to stay with me for segment four, and the only reason is he gets paid per segment on this show. So he actually wanted to be on. Um, he actually suggested eight segments for today's <laughs> show, and all of them he appeared, even the football ones. But uh, we could not do that. So, Jim, I appreciate you staying on here. I know you did it from your heart. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was completely, completely altruistic on my standpoint. And anything you need, I'll, I'll be happy to do for you, especially if, as long as I'm getting paid more money to, to do that. Well, it pays for the private jet. Any upgrades on the <laughs> private jet when you travel all these Pelicans games? <laughs> yeah, there's a few, uh, a few upgrades this year. Um, you know, I, you can't, you gotta, you gotta keep with the times. You can't just stay yeah. static when it comes to private jets. You gotta make sure that you have all of the latest you know, technology. So I made sure that that happened this uh, off season. You better have satellite radio for uh, the Pelicans radio network when you're flying back. You of know? course. Okay, of course. Good. Don't skip that channel. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, Media day is on Monday. And for those who want to uh, tune into media day, there will be some live stuff on pelicans.com in the Pelicans mobile app. Um, there'll be press conferences from about 10 to 1115 Alvin Gentry, Pelicans GM, Del Demps and Anthony Davis. Those will be live stream. And then um, there'll be some behind-the-scenes stuff that will probably be out later next week. Uh, Sean Kelly will be a part of Media Day. Jim Eichenhofer will actually be next door to me here. We'll be Media Day buddies as he'll get a bunch of stuff from all the players. What do you like most about Media Day? Is it talking to new players, even though we really don't have that many new players Mm -hmm. this year? Or is it just knowing that the season is is here? It's funny. I think people always kind of liken Media Day to the first day of school, Mm -hmm. like back when you were a kid. But the thing that's funny here is um, so many of these guys have have – voluntarily come in that it's it's not completely like that I think anymore because you always I always feel like I've seen a lot of the guys at least a couple times um maybe coming over to the practice facility or just coming through so but um I I, my favorite part of it just as a media member is to be able to talk about stuff that's not basketball related Mm -hmm. obviously um you know 75 80 percent of what we discuss with them will be but it's the one day that you can kind of go into different topics that might either be interesting for a story or might be like um, fertile ground for, that might lead to something else. So in terms of uh, kind of telling a story of a player that you wouldn't normally um, know because during the season it's hard to really get into a lot of stuff that's not based right. on day-to-day, here's the next game, here's the next shoot-around because there's always something coming up in the next you know few hours or so. So that's probably my favorite part of of uh, what we'll be doing on Monday is talking to them about a lot of maybe some off court different um, hobbies and different topics like that. Yeah, you and me will both be in the same boat trying to get stuff for the whole season because you know you don't you only see these guys at practice and then you don't want to bug them about other things like that. But um, yep. media day is here and again, uh, ten to eleven fifteen. Alvin Gentry, Del Demps, and Anthony Davis will speak and be on the lookout 
follow the Pelicans on Twitter at PelicansNBA at Jim Eichenhofer. Is it Jim? Is it Jim underscore Eichenhofer? Yes, underscore. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have that covered. And um, again, I'll be hosting all week long next week as Sean will be at the Greenbrier. But of course, that doesn't give Sean an excuse not to come on. Uh, he and David Wesley will have recaps after every practice and stuff for every day of the show. Um, David will come on. He'll make his Wesley Wednesday debut next Wednesday. And then, of course, Jim will be on next week as well. The, uh, the start. I think next Friday we're going to have you on. We're going to take you off your Tuesdays just for this week. You're going to give us a full preview of Pacers and Pelicans uh, next Saturday. And, of course, Monday we're going to have some of that press conference for you. Uh, the, it's a weird window because we have media day and Saints stuff out at the same time. So John DeShazer will be coming on, hopefully recapping a Saints win. And then we'll have um, – We'll have Pelican stuff for you on Monday. So I hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy. I think the weather's supposed to be good, Jim. Am I, am I right? I haven't even looked yet. Been so busy. <laughs> so busy with Pelican stuff, he yep. says. All right. So I hope you all have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Go Pelicans. Go Saints. And until Monday, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Do it, do it.